All right, so here we go. Um, my name is Jenna. I'm always told that I need to tell my story. I have my random vent sessions on Facebook, but I feel like those really fall on death ears, ears after a while. The truth of the matter is, when you're chronically ill like I am, people get tired of hearing about it after, after so many times. Whether it's guilt or whatever, the truth still remains. The same repetitive, you're so strong comments start sounding like a broken record. Like I know I'm strong, but it doesn't mean someone put in my position would be less strong. It just means being strong is the only choice I have ever had. Because I either be strong or I am dead, and I'll never choose the latter. So I'm starting this podcast because I am currently sitting in a hospital room again. And frankly, I have a lot on my mind. But basically, I'm a shit talker. I'm incredibly sarcastic, and my humor is what gets me through this bullshit. So I'm going to give you the ins and outs of being chronically ill. But let me start off with my lengthy list of medical issues. Type 1 diabetes, my biggest enemy. The thorn in my side. The one Klingon that just will never go away. I was diagnosed at 14. My blood sugar was over 1,200, which is pretty much like unheard of. And I should be dead, but in true Jenna style, I can't do anything normal. I always have to be extra. I've learned to embrace it and just give it what it needs. And now we've come to terms with things, if that makes sense. Addison's disease, Lord, where to begin? You want to piss off type one diabetes? Bring Addison's disease into the picture. I was diagnosed at 19 and they legit fight against each other nonstop. It's exhausting. The daily steroids I take to treat Addison's disease causes my blood sugar to spike way up. And as soon as the steroids start to wear out of my system, it makes me susceptible to insane bouts of hypoglycemia, AKA low blood sugars. And I also have a long, very intense history of hypoglycemic seizures. Which brings me to my next point, hypoglycemic seizures. They're scary as fuck. If you have ever witnessed me having a seizure, I apologize. Like seriously apologize. I touched on this earlier, but in true Jenna extra style, I'm doing air quotations right now, by the way, I have full blown convulsing, eyes rolling into the back of my head, biting and swallowing my own tongue, hardcore seizures. They're intense, they're insane, and they're terrifying. These seizures have caused me to slip into three separate comas in my lifetime. One when I was almost six months pregnant with my beloved son, Tyson Ali. He is a fighter in every sense of the word. Seriously, every sense of the word. He drives me insane. But he's just like his mom. Comas are super scary. There is no other way around it. My last coma in January 2018 was definitely the most terrifying. It's changed something inside of me deep down. And I have this distinct knowing that if I ever go into a coma again, it will be my last, if you know what I'm saying. So we're going to avoid those at all possible costs, okay? Now here's the most recent kicker. I was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease, a more prettier put a bow on way to say kidney failure a little over a year ago. I'm used to being sick. I've been sick basically my whole life, but kidney failure is a whole different animal. These symptoms are unrecognizable. The physical ramifications it has caused are not cute at all. I swell up in a Michelin man stance for no rhyme or reason. And I'm not talking about a little bit of bloating. I'm talking about 30 to five, 35 to 40 pounds in a couple days swelling. 
It takes a toll on a young, pretty 30-year-old woman in ways you cannot possibly imagine. So yeah, my cousin Linda tells me I need to say I'm experiencing these conditions and things and not that I have them, which I love her for, but I sometimes wish I wasn't so damn curious, you know? Basically, I'll need a new kidney soon. These ones are going to shit, and it looks like you can't live without kidneys, so it's pretty damn important. I'm getting pretty close to needing dialysis. It's messing with my heart, literally and figuratively. I spend a lot of time in my head. I cry myself to sleep more times than I care to count. And it definitely weighs heavy on me because I have a five-year-old son who is my life. And thinking about the possibility of not watching him grow up is the most soul-wrenching thought ever. So I try not to think about it a lot, but I'd be lying if I said my mind doesn't wander there often. Here's the ins and outs of dealing with someone who is chronically ill. I'm going to be freestyling this a bit, so bear with me. I'm sure you could tell that the first part of this section was read because I needed to have a introduction, I guess. All right, so let me go into the first point that comes to my head. When you've been as sick as sick as long as I have, you start to realize that doctors really don't know what they're talking about. And they're just as human as you and I. I legit have to tell doctors how to care for me. It is the most entertaining yet confusing thing ever. Like, wait a minute, who's wearing the white coat here? But I guess really what it boils down to is, you know, eight years in medical school, eight to 12 years in medical school, and a fancy white coat and a couple letters behind your name doesn't take away, you know, 18 years of personal experience. So I've been dealing with that while I'm sitting in the hospital today and it just makes me laugh. Another point, I'm in the hospital all the time. I mean, all the time. I hate like making people feel bad and I hate trying to, I guess, I don't know, like, I, I just hate people having to put their lives on hold because I feel like a burden constantly. Because when I'm in the hospital, I have to find a person to watch my child. I have It's just constant, nonstop chaos. And I just really wish it wasn't the case. And so I sit in the hospital alone a lot because I just don't want people to have to feel bothered to come see me. And it makes it really hard. And I wish I didn't feel that way because the hospital is really lonely. I mean, I have great nurses. They talk to me. They'll come and sit in here with me and we'll just joke back and forth. And But yeah, it's, it's a really lonely life. Which brings me to my next point. Nurses are amazing. Seriously, if you're a nurse, like you deserve the biggest pat on the back because they legit run the show. I mean, there's no other way around it. The doctors come in and pop their heads in and out for a second, but nurses, they're there. They're there all the time, all day long. And I can't tell you how many nurses have wrote me letters or, you know, little notes on my whiteboard or anything like that. They're, they're literally just amazing. Another point, when I broke my ankle last November, I got more messages and more help than I ever have any other time I've been sick. And it, it was really mind boggling because I'm sitting here going like, this is a broken ankle. This is going to heal soon. Like I'm in kidney failure, y'all. Like I, 
I've been face to face with death so many times that it's just funny at this point. It's legit comical. But it goes to show you that when you have a chronic illness like I do, and I have many, and the tidbit that I gave you is just a very small tidbit. I mean, my medical history is very lengthy and very bizarre, but I I had a broken ankle and people were like flocking me and it it really goes to show that when you have a physical disability, it's a lot easier for people to be compassionate and want to help than when you have a condition that's invisible. And it really does make me laugh. Another point. I have days where I'm really sick, I can't get out of bed. Even on those days, I still get up and get out of bed. Just because I don't look sick doesn't mean I'm not fighting demons that you can't feasibly imagine. I like I feel like shit every single day. And I hate hearing the, you don't look sick. And I know that's a way for people to like try to make you feel better, but it doesn't make you feel better because you don't know how hard I have to fight. So then that kind of like diminishes my, my fight that I'm doing. I mean, tell me I'm strong. Tell me all those things. Like, I know that people are going to say that because people don't know what else to say, but don't tell me I don't look sick. Because trust me, honey, this concealer and this makeup and all this stuff, it can cover up anything if you really want it to. And it does make an amazing job for me. But I, I feel awful every single day. And I still make myself get up. I still make myself clean the house. I still make myself get up and shower and take care of my son and do all that. Because if I didn't do it, then it wouldn't get done. So I have to do it. Just don't tell me I don't look sick, okay? (laughs) Okay, I apologize about that. A nurse walked in, so I stopped recording. Um, But I... Let's go on to another point. Um, My next point is people generalize diabetes way too much. Um, The diabetes that I experience is not going to be the same as the diabetes that you may be familiar with that your uncle or your grandparents have. Um, You may even know somebody who's type 1 diabetic like I am and was diagnosed as a child, but guess what? Everybody's experience is different, and I have a bunch of complications um, added on top of it. My blood sugars are actually perfect right now. They're the best that they've ever been. I'm paying a ton of money out of pocket every month for a fancy little machine. Um, I'm basically paying a car note for an insulin pump. It's, but it's the best decision I've ever made, honestly, because it basically guarantees that I'll never have another seizure again. Um, It's an amazing machine. But honestly, guys, if I want to eat a candy bar, guess what? I can because all I have to do is press a button on my insulin pump and then it covers it. And another point, if I want to have like a glass of wine or a drink or a cocktail or something, guess what? I can. Am I going to get obliterated and drunk? No, but I'm, I'm an adult. I know my body. And so, yes, I understand the concern 
that people may have, but I, I am okay, I promise. All right, on to the next point. Let me let me think here. Oh, being in the hospital is very, very lonely. Um, I spend most of my time in the hospital alone. I have had, you know, my, my ex, my son's father, he spent very little time staying the night with me in a hospital compared to how much I was in the hospital. And I understand it's hard for people. I really do. But if I have... If I get offended, if you're like not reaching out to me or if you're not asking if I'm okay, it's because I'm lonely. I'm, I'm in my head. I'm sitting here and guess what? Not, there's not enough Xanax or melatonin or Benadryl in the world to shut my brain off at night. It, I feel like I'm in jail. I feel like I can't get up. I can't do the things that I want to do. And I am a, I'm a go, 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 go kind of person. So when life literally forces me to sit down and sit on my ass in the hospital, I'm miserable. And I try not to show it too much, but I do have like random outbursts on people and then I'll feel bad afterwards. But it's because, you know, I just, to me, I go above and beyond for people all the time because I know how it feels. I know how it feels to, I would never want somebody to feel how I feel. And so I get frustrated when I don't get that same in return, if that makes sense. It, like, please don't take it, like, too much to heart. It's just me kind of just being upset and in the moment. Um, Let me think of something else here. Oh. Another point of me not looking sick. It's really hard for people to fathom because they'll see me one day and I'll be fine. Or even when I'm really sick, like yesterday, I was really sick. I legit passed out in the bathroom. Um, I was insanely dehydrated. My potassium was through the roof. I thought that I was having panic attacks all yesterday morning, but it turns out it was my heart. Um, And I mean, but I walked into the hospital. I walked upstairs to tell my mom that I was going. I you know, I got a ride here from a friend and I would have looked, I looked perfectly fine, like on the outside looking in, but then it turns out they do all this blood work and yeah, I wasn't fine at all. So if you see me one day and I look fine and then the next day I'm in an insane emergency, like I, there's been times in the past where I've had friends like basically imply without saying it that I faked my way into the hospital I never fake my way into the hospital. I avoid the hospital at all costs. I hate being here. I never want to be here. (laughs) It's just that's what it is. So don't ever question anything like that because you can't fake your way into an admittance in the hospital. You can't fake your way into the ICU. It's it's impossible. Um, I'm trying to think of something else. Let me see. Oh, I've had so many people reach out to me and tell me that they want to donate their kidney to me. And I never know how to respond. It is, it makes me very emotional that so many people care. I mean, I've had people that I barely know tell me that they want to donate their kidney to me. And it's a very, very emotional subject. It's, 
like people are legit just saying hey let, let let me get tested to know if i'm a match and here let them cut my body open and give you an organ and i mean i guess that just goes to show that i must be doing something right if people are so willing to do that but it's very very hard for me to process so if i respond in a way that doesn't seem like if i respond in a way that you don't expect it's because I don't know what to say I'm still learning the ins and outs of this it's a whole new ball I keep getting phone calls and they they mess up the recording but um anyway so like I said it just makes me very emotional because I'm learning the ins and outs of this disease myself and it's it you just you don't know how to respond when somebody says something like that and yeah, that's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, another thing I'm trying to, I don't know, I think that's going to pretty much cover it for today. Like I plan, you know, to add on many more. I've, I've been told by doctors and lots of loved ones that I need to tell my story for a really long time because I honestly, like I, I forget how you know, I, I guess the best way to describe it is I, I don't, I forget that not everybody's life is this way. I forget that not everybody's life is chaotic and in the midst of health crises all the time. And that sounds silly, but it's, it's very much the truth. I've been dealing with this for my whole life. I've been dealing with the ins and outs of having an emergency every other day. I've been dealing with my loved ones having to take care of my seizures and all these things and being so dependent on people all the time. And I forget that it's not normal. And so it's it's just kind of like a eye-opening process when you become an adult coming into this that, like, hey, this, this isn't the everyday thing. And yeah, everybody has issues and everybody's dealing with stuff, but, you know, I'm dealing with a lot. I... And I forget how much that I do deal with and I forget to like give myself a break sometimes and I forget that it's okay for me to have bad days and it's okay for me to be a hot mess sometimes. I forget that, you know, I things I deal with are not the normal and that, you know, I may not understand why somebody's getting so emotional about something or somebody's having a breakdown about something, but it, but it doesn't mean that I'm, I think I'm any better than anybody else. Or I think that I'm not, that I'm dealing with more or like people just have a, they, they only know what they can tolerate with what life has given them. And I, I guess that's basically it. Like it's not, you know, I hear I'm an inspiration. People have told me I'm their hero and all this stuff. And I, I don't feel like a hero. I don't feel like an inspiration. I feel like I'm just doing what I have to do to survive. And that's pretty much what it is. I'm just in pure survival mode all the time. And it gets exhausting. And I've had, you know, bouts where I've met people or I've hung out with people. And it's so nice because I don't have to think about my health 24-7 like I I do like I don't think about the fact that my kidneys are failing and I get to have an escape for a while and then it becomes it 
it's just really hard to process and I, I hide so much of everything from people because I'm I'm terrified of rejection. I've been rejected because of my health so many times and I've and I know that it's a lot for people to deal with. So I I try not to show too much of that, if that makes sense. And I try to, you know, I try to sugarcoat things and I try to make things, oh, it's not that bad or, oh, it's not this. And I'm, frankly, I'm tired of doing that because honestly, it's bad. It's, it's a shit show. You know, I'm, I'm raising my son. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing, but it's really hard some days. And I, I, I think I'm an amazing mom. I love my son more than anything in this world. And I'm doing everything that I can to give him the best life possible. And so, yeah, it's just my loved ones who have been there from day one, who have walked this journey with me. I I am so incredibly thankful because I don't know how I would have done it without you guys. You know, my, my brother is one of my constant motivations and I call him all the time and these random breakdowns and you know he gives me these little one-liners that just kind of pull me through and he really just listens to me and that's really all I've ever needed is just somebody to listen to me and sometimes it's just really hard for people to listen especially if they don't know how to give advice because telling somebody to be positive when they're in the middle of a mess like this it's really hard and I I do my best to try to stay positive and I do feel like I have an amazing attitude about it but some days are just it's just like man I'm tired I'm tired of dealing with this like god how much more can I take and those days are really really hard but then I have my people there that are there to like just remind me and Sometimes I struggle with, well, I wish people would be there more, but I I really can't do that. And, you know, my mom's been an amazing support. My son's father, who it's hard to say, but he, you know, because we've had such a tumultuous history, like there's been days where I just, I didn't know how I was going to get through and he helped pull me through. And it's just really, really, it's a really hard process. You know, I have a couple of best friends I talk to and they've been amazing and it's just that's really like honestly when I get in those modes where I just need to talk, I just need to talk and I just need somebody to sit there with me in my pain and that's really all it boils down to. So yeah, this is my first episode. It's kind of all over the place. Like I said, I'm sitting in a hospital so I'm in the midst of one of my you know, just have a bunch of ram- rambling thoughts going through my head. But I've been told for a long time I need to tell my story. So maybe it's about time I start telling it. Thank you so much for listening.